Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi and I am your host and holy cow. Uh, let's turn this up just a little bit more. Uh, there we go. Uh, I had this podcast all prepped and ready to go, went to record at 11 o'clock, and I did not have a voice. And as it is right now, I haven't had a voice all day because I'm sick. Uh, I have a stuffy nose. I Basically, you'll hear me sniffing more than out mouth sounds. I'll be breathing out of my mouth because I can't breathe out of my nose coughing it's real attractive and every now and again my voice cracks and i sound like a teenager but i've been lubricating because it's saint patrick's day happy saint patrick's day i've been lubricating with jack daniels and uh coke jack and coke even though that's not technically what you should be drinking on um saint patrick's day i'm not generally a big beer drinker i'm like one or two beers and i'm good so i've been lubricating the throat with my cough medicine and hopefully it'll last through this podcast because it's actually this. I've got a lot of information to cover. Now, the stories are pretty short, uh, but I have over 20 stories to cover in this podcast, which is insane. So let's start off uh, with the things that I like for this week. I found a podcast um, that's called the Tesla podcast, and it has nothing to do with the car. It actually has to do with the man Tesla uh, it's really good. The guy who does the podcast is an author, and he uh, he basically wrote a book, and he's presenting it to you in a very engaging and entertaining way. And I'll put the link in the show notes, but I highly suggest checking it out because it's really good. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It takes uh, it starts uh, with Tesla when he's a young boy, and then even I mean, it briefly describes him as a baby, uh, but. Uh, more of the inquisitive young boy, which takes him into Paris and then eventually the United States where he meets Thomas Edison, although he might have met him in Paris. There's some talk about that anyway. And then it goes all the way up into him forming his own uh, company and uh, kind of figuring out AC current because he didn't he wasn't the one that invented AC current, but he kind of figured out how to make it work for everybody, which Edison didn't like. Anyway, it's really, really well done podcast, and I highly suggest it. Uh, let's see. This this episode of Kilowatt is brought to you by James in Canada. And James, um, I'm a terrible uh, podcast host because I just mailed out your stickers. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I've been very busy, and I have to go to the bank. Not to the bank. I have to go to the post office to get an international stamp so that I could have mailed it to you. Um, my apologies, but it should be there soon. Uh, the stickers, anyway. Okay, and let's talk about the Tesla Model 3 Bloomberg delivery tracker. Hold on just a second. All right, so as of right now, 10,215 units have been produced, and 737 per week is what we're up to. Now, if you remember, uh, the highest produced was 936 and then we kind of dropped down last week we'll talk about this we went down to 655 and now we're at 737 so we're kind of on our way back up let's get rid of that and uh the videos let's talk about we've talked about bonnie norman in the past 
she is well known in the Tesla community, Tesla car community and EV community. Fix my pop filter. Okay, and um, she's driving a Model X across a very narrow road. And actually, she's not driving. The autopilot is driving. Tesla released an update to autopilot, and she has a Model X P100D with hardware 2.0. One minute, take a drink here. Oh, sorry. Thank you. And um, she is traveling across the road um, with autopilot on. And the car is doing amazing. Now, if you remember back when um, they were releasing all these updates and they said, oh, it's going to be amazing. And then it turns out like the hardware to software freaked out. One second, I got a cough. <coughs> so sorry. <coughs> okay, I'm back. Whew. Anyway, um, so yeah, so the hardware 2.0 software would freak out and it just wouldn't like it was just really um, didn't want to stay in its lane. And the display was doing a bunch of weird stuff. And so uh, it seems like that's fixed. So it's a really cool video. I would watch it, you know, kind of skip through because honestly, it's just her driving across the, a road. But there are cars coming Um there are oncoming cars in the other lane, and it manages everything very, very nice. So it's pretty impressive. So thank you, Bonnie Norman. Um, and then there are a bunch of other videos that I put in here on the um, autopilot update and people showing off how well it's working. There's a video that has a closer look at a Tesla Semi. Uh, it was at a uh, potential customers uh, location and they took a bunch of pictures and video and stuff so I put the article in the show notes and then the IMX concept which is a concept car by Nissan and uh, that's important and we'll talk about why that's important in a little bit but I would highly suggest taking a look at this IMX um, concept car because it's pretty nice pretty nice okay so we're getting into the news here this is First story is from Fred Lambert, as are most of all the stories, because that guy is a really hardworking dude. GM is investing $100 million into upgrading two factories to start producing the self-driving Chevy Bolt. Not the Chevy Bolt, but the self-driving Chevy Bolt. Um, the it, like Level 5 autonomous self-driving Chevy Bolt. Bolt, excuse me. Um, it'll be used in Chevy's driverless ride sharing service. And I, that name of that service is off. Oh, wanted to say charity, but it's, I didn't write it down. It's escaping me at the moment. Um, but Chevy's already built 130 prototypes and they are cocksure that this car and service will be launched next year. Um, <clears throat> it's got a bunch of LIDAR in things like, uh, what you would find on a Waymo vehicle. Uh, on the top of the car. And honestly, like it looks weird on a Waymo vehicle uh, in Arizona. We see him driving around all the time. See the Uber self-driving cars driving around all the time. The, um, because the bolt is much smaller than the cars that Uber and Waymo are using. It looks just like they're a bunch of warts, like body warts. And, and imagine the worst kind of warts. Cause I want to keep this show family friendly, but the worst kind of warts, it looks like those. So, um, not a very pretty, pretty look. Uh, I can't imagine because this is all got to be approved. Like, uh, regulatory approval is necessary for self-driving cars. Now, in California, um, Audi is the only one that has the has permission to start testing. I think level four. I don't even think it's level five. So we'll just kind of keep an eye on GM and see what they're thinking with the Chevy Bolt level five autonomy self-driving car for its ride sharing service let's take another drink shall we okay remember when i said uh the imx concept is important here's here's where it is here's why it's important <laughs> nissan has confirmed its leaf crossover 
is on its way, and that's a big sorta. The all-electric leaf crossover will be based on the IMX concept announced in October of last year. That's why it's important to, to watch the video. The car won't be out for a few years, according to Nissan, but the the specs look impressive. And keep in mind, specs um, for something that's announced but not really built is kind of um, it's merely interesting. Um, I'm really excited that Nissan's doing this, but um, we'll see what the final car comes out with. But here's what they're announcing for now. Uh, dual 320 kilowatt uh, motors generating more than 700 newton meters. I think I said nanometers before on another podcast, but that is not correct. Newton meters of torque. Um, the Tesla Roadster generates around 1,000 uh newton meters of torque according to motor1.com so that's that's the new tesla roadster so 700 is pretty impressive uh it has a mile a range of 372 miles with 600 kilometers if you're uh, in every other country except for the united states and maybe one other one i think uh we call them freedom units here uh sarcastically he says uh, no word on the battery size, uh, just some vague jargon about its high capacity and increased energy density. Um, so, you know, we don't know what that's all about. And it'll have aut- autonomous driving, but everything will have autonomous driving, um, especially when it's in a press release, because you don't actually have to have autonomous driving working to make a press release. Uh, Nissan wants to strengthen the link uh, between the car and driver. Basically, uh, what they're saying is the car is going to rely on the driver and the driver is going to rely on the car for a safe, fun drive. Um, yeah, so basically they're, they're level, they're not quite to level four autonomous driving, which, you know, most car makers aren't. So what they're saying there is we have assistive technology, but the driver still needs to pay attention to the car is, is what that means to me. Uh, next article is Inside EVs, Mark Kane. Um, okay, so this is a rumor. It's confirmed. It's hearsay. I wasn't able to find a bunch of uh, for sure stories, but VW will start uh, building its ID prototypes based on the MEB platform. Now, if you don't know what the MEB platform is, that's fine because I didn't know what it was any either and it doesn't make any sense so m modular e electrification b like boy toolkit meb modular electrification toolkit okay um i I don't i don't know was met taken i i don't honestly know this seems weird as a uh, naming convention for an acronym but anyway, um, if you want to kind of get an idea of what this first car looks like, it's like the bubble car that the Faraday Future kind of looks like it. The Jaguar I-Pace kind of has this look. It's just this very futuristic-y bubble car. With this case, it has a hatchback. I'm going to take a drink. Okay, Uh, let's see. The car is set to be released in late 2019. So the prototypes are going out there, and that's good. Uh, This is pretty impressive. VW, who is an auto manufacturer, and they have not endless funds, but they are pretty loaded. Uh, They think they can produce 1,500 of these cars a day for a total of 100,000 minimum in the first year. Holy cow, that is a lot. Now, I didn't bother like looking at the stats to make sure that those numbers look right, but they kind of look 100,000 minimum might be low for 1,000 to 100,000. Let's do the math. Where's my calculator? Assuming that they work 365 days a year, and why wouldn't they? Times 1,500. 365 times 1,500. Uh, that would be half a million. So they must not be working a seven-day work week. Anyway, 
that was a good exercise in uh, math checking. So yeah, they they, they think they can hit hundred thousand minimum the first year, and if they're doing fifteen hundred a day, sounds like they're right. Next were next story. This is from Autoblog, or at least I got it from the Autoblog. It's a Reuters story. VW invests twenty four billion dollars U.S. dollars or twenty billion euros or eighteen. British pounds, because the pound is so much stronger than the dollar and the euro right now. It's more than 18. Um, $24 billion in battery orders to facilitate facilitate their EV ambitions. Uh, they've generously spread around uh, that money to partners around the globe. And those partners are going to provide battery cells and technology to help VW transition from ICE cars to EV cars. Uh, VW uh, will build their EVs in 16 different factories and will launch 80 new electric cars by 2025. And they'll have an electric version of their current offerings in addition to the ICE, apparently, offering. And if you don't know what ICE is, if you're new to the pot, uh, the, the world of electric cars, it's internal con- combustion engines. Engine. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fairly impressive and go diesel gate because otherwise none of this would have happened to be honest with you uh let's see autoblog john belts snyder and i've combined two stories together here and fred lambert uh this story is about ford and they're investing 11 billion dollars in hybrids and evs and um with a plan to announce slash produce 13, announce and produce 13 or 16, there's different reports, EVs in the next five years. Uh, Ford previously announced a $4.5 billion investment last year. So they're bumping that up to push their EV offering forward. The F-150, the Mustang, the Explorer, and the, the Escape, and the Bronco will all get a hybrid version. Now I'm I'm excited about this, and I think um, I know my old captain. He loves Ford F-150s. He has a real job as a painter um, when he's not working as a firefighter, and um, I could I could definitely see him. Even though he told me when I first met him over ten years ago that he would never buy a hybrid vehicle, I can see him doing this because honestly, it'll end up saving him money, and he can plug his power tools into his truck which is a real benefit for him on the few power tools or charges batteries or whatever. There's, there's benefits there for, for folks who do that. Um, so they'll be get a hybrid version. And then Ford in just this, I don't know, it's like um, this burst of, of in, um, like epiphany. They're going to do over-the-air updates instead of having people come to the dealership to get their software updates. Oh my gosh, it's revolutionary. Um, Tesla's only been doing it for, I don't know, since what, 2012, 2013? Um, finally, car manufacturers are catching on. And I can tell you that uh, having just had, I just had to take, actually my wife did, she took our van in uh, to get a software update. And then we just got another notice today that we have another software update. So maybe three weeks ago, we got an update and now we got another one. So now we got to take it back to the stupid dealership, which is a little bit far away from my house and then uh, let them do an update. I mean, it's really dumb, really dumb. Let's move on. Fred Lambert is the next guy. And if you don't know who Fred Lambert is, he's, he's a writer and editor in chief, I think, at Electric. So he's really good. As you can tell, um, Audi has announced the price of their all-electric e-tron Quattro. Now, I did not expect this car to be cheap. However, I did not expect it to start at this price, which is 80,000 euros or 99,000 US dollars. Holy smokes, that's a lot of money. Um, it kind of is in the range of the Jaguar I-Pace. I think the Jaguar I-Pace starts at uh, $69,000, if I remember right. But it is in that range of luxury EVs. Uh, The Quattro Quattro will have a 95-kilowatt-hour battery pack and 310 miles of range. Uh, Real world, 
and I don't know how quite they they do the range with electric cars because there's different ways of measuring. But uh, VW uses NEDC for EV range. I don't know what that means. So you're looking at closer of 275 or 450, 275 miles or 450 kilometers for total range. There are three motors on the car for a total of 320 kilowatts, which if you go back to the Nissan, that's that's about half of what the Nissan's offering. The e-tron will go uh, to production at the end of 2018, which is exciting. I can't imagine Audi's going to sell a lot of these, however. It's because it's a $100,000 car, and uh, it's an unproven $100,000 car. But um, I think more car manufacturers should get on board with providing an affordable and now I say affordable. I mean affordable to everybody else. Not affordable to people that could order afford a forty thousand dollar vehicle. Not affordable to people that can afford a thirty thousand dollar vehicle. Affordable to people that are between twenty five and thirty and and below. Car manufacturers get on that stuff because there are tons of people. There are four hundred thousand people waiting to get a Model Three, and they're only building you know less than a thousand a week. Four hundred thousand four hundred thousand people patiently waiting and uh, for a car that's being produced 1,000 a week. <sighs> so, and these car manufacturers continue to build these um, $1,800,000 cars. I mean, I realize Audi is a manufacturer that builds expensive cars, but come on. Um, let's get that Let's get at least to the $35,000 price point. Let's give people some more options. The Nissan Leaf is fine, but it is not a good option for me and my family. Like I can't fit me, my wife, my two kids, and then something else in my Nissan Leaf. Uh, in a Nissan Leaf, I don't have one. It's just not going to work. And then on top of that, the range is terrible for the price. Uh-huh. So let's, yeah. I want a cheap, reasonably equipped car. EV. That's what I'm saying. Next uh, is Autoblog again, uh, quoting a Reuters article. Audi is going to launch over 20 redesigned and new models uh, vehicles over the next year. And I think that's going to be uh, EVs. But that's one car announcement every three weeks. And uh, again, this is all thanks to Dieselgate. So thanks, Dieselgate. I appreciate you getting all that... Uh, uh, corruption and fraud and making um, EVs get pushed forward. Let me take a drink real quick. This time I'm not going to put the ice in my mouth because then I have to chew it and you guys have to hear it. One second. Okay. Next is Fred Lambert again. Okay, I'm going to mess up this name. Evelocity e-velocity that is a new ev startup founded by former faraday future execs well um we've talked about faraday future and it's had problems and we'll talk about faraday future the next story down but for now let's talk about this terribly named startup called evolucity evolocity e-velocity it's terrible by the way e-velocity terrible name but this company, again, founded by Faraday Future, former Faraday Future execs, it may be a unicorn. And if you don't know what a unicorn is, that is a company that's worth over a billion dollars. They don't have a car. They're, they, they have vaporware. They have vapor hardware. They have nothing. They have vapor cars. But uh, they raised over a billion or around a billion dollars in funding. Um, not, not to, uh, not to let an issue go Faraday future and probably rightfully so they sued E-Velocity claiming that confidential information was stolen and employees were po poached from Faraday future. Well, up until the point, I think, and cause I've been following this for a while, but it's never really made it on the, on the rundown. But up until the point where uh, Faraday Future, these execs started leaving, Faraday Future's uh, future, 
Faraday Futures Future looked really bleak, to be honest. It did not look like this company would be able to stick around. So I can kind of understand why some employees jumped ship and they were like, well, I'm going to go to Evolucity, Evelocity, because that seems like a better plan than staying here on the Faraday Future boat. Well, um, turns out the company, Evelocity, uh, they're going to focus on engineering and design as opposed to um, Tesla, which is uh, betting on manufacturing to be really be the product. Um, now, I, I think that both are very important, and we'll talk about why it's important for Tesla. And it's also going to be important for uh, this other company, who I will not mention their name, because building the car is just as important as the fit and finish and the quality of the car being excellent. So I don't know why they have the focus. Um, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Um, I'm guessing their car will not look the bubble-shaped Faraday future-looking car. Um, It'll probably be something quite different, probably a cross between a Tesla and a Lucid Air, if I had to guess. But I've never seen the car, so I don't know. I could be completely wrong. But here's my prediction. A cross between a Tesla and a Lucid Air. Uh, Next story is Fred Lambert again. Um, And this is a Faraday Future story. Faraday Future, they say that they are finally ready to launch the FF91. Now, if you remember, they made this big dog and pony show at CES last year, I think it was. And they had the car drive itself out on stage, and there was problems, and they had the car park itself, and there was problems, and it was just this, this, the whole presentation was tone deaf, and it was just kind of blah. Like, there, there, there was nothing, um, and I don't mean to, to tear down these people, because I'm sure they all worked very hard, but it was just a very uninspiring CES announcement. Um, but having said that, uh, I applaud them because they are currently, um, they're still moving forward. Uh, they showed like a big, uh, a big open field in North Las Vegas and they show the building being built there. Well, the fact of the matter is <laughs> there's, uh, there was equipment out there making the, the ground flat ready to, uh, ready to build a building, but they didn't have the money to actually build the building. So, um, yeah, it was just not a not a great look for Faraday Future, but um, they said that uh, they are flush with cash and ready to start building the Faraday Future ninety one, the FF ninety one. Um, I hope this is true. Um, my unsolicited advice to Faraday Future, which I'm sure they did not listen to the podcast in January of two thousand sixteen was to take out a bunch of the complexities because this is like um this is like the the car to end all cars like they threw everything you could possibly throw into a car everything that's really complicated you could possibly throw into a car for the first outing and they're like yeah look it's gonna work and it doesn't um that's because all this stuff is hard to do and it's all complicated and my advice to them was to make it a simple vehicle and then fold into the complexities in a future model and that is still my advice because, quite frankly, um, I would rather have a capable car that does a few things than a expensive car that does that can't do any of the things that are promised and um, is a bad experience. And I've wasted whatever it's going to cost sixty thousand um, dollars. I think they were spouting fifty thousand to start. So this is just a I'm positive, or I want to be positive about Faraday Future, and I want them to do well because I think we need more players in the EV market. However, I they're just throwing way too much. Go back, look on YouTube, CES uh, 2016 Faraday Future, and just look at everything they're doing. It's over the top, way too much. Um, it's more than Tesla's doing on their Model S and Model X's, um, and they're even having a hard time. See, I'm starting to sound like a teenage boy. They're even having a hard time uh, keeping up and... Uh, um, making it work and they've been doing it for a lot longer than faraday future one second please i'm gonna take a drink and see if i can 
clear my throat. Okay, guess what? This next story is from Fred Lambert. Tesla put in a bid for the world's largest power pack system in Colorado. Uh, the system could consist of as many as 1,500 power packs. Currently, Colorado's energy comes from coal, natural gas, uh, coal and natural gas. But over the last few years, Colorado has been adding in more renewable energy sources to make the grid more reliable, which is awesome. Uh, Tesla has refused to comment on the project, but other companies are also bidding on this project. So I'm sure that's why they're not commenting on the project because they don't want to tip their hand to the other companies. And I can't remember what the other companies were called. So um, I apologize to them. Uh, Tesla Roddy, next story, Simon Alvarez, Australian Minister for Resources, Matt Canavan, compared the Tesla battery installation to Kim Kardashian. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tesla, Elon Musk basically said that they could build a power pack system to help out South Australia. And um, I can't remember what the state was, but they, they were going to help out and they would have it done in 100 days or it would be free. Well, it turns out uh, they had it done in 100 days. Um Fast forward a little bit, the company that uh, actually paid for the the project, they're very happy. Uh, fast forward a little bit more, they're making like $2, billion, or excuse me, $2 million, I think a day or a week off of this power pack system. Um, and now flash forward to Minister Canavan saying that it's the Kim Kardashian of battery packs. And what he means by that is it's famous for being famous but not good at being useful, which is kind of funny. Also, the battery pack did not film a sex tape with Ray J. Was that his name? Uh, Randy's brother. I don't know why I thought... Ray J, yeah, there we go. So yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, so in the last couple of months, we've really just kind of heard really positive things about this battery pack, but the main bugaboo Mr. Matt has is that the installation can only power a small percentage of the state for about an hour, and that doesn't help to solve Australia's energy problems. And this is true um, in terms of the, um, it's not going to solve Australia's energy problems. I have no idea what they were promised from Tesla, but by all accounts, by the people involved, um, the power pack system is meeting that promise. So I think Mr. Canavan or Minister Canavan is just having, um, maybe he just doesn't understand what was promised because I don't think, and I never got this from the entire, um, uh, all of the articles that we did on this little thing throughout the last year, um, I never got the sense that Tesla was going to fix Australia's uh, power grid problem. I, I never once got that that impression. I mean, I'm sure they would like to with more battery packs, power packs. But in terms of um, this one installation fixing everything, it's it's not it's not going to fix it. Uh, so yeah, so this is an opportunity for Tesla and other renewable renewable energy companies to come in and help solve Australia's power issues. And I hope they do, because we have quite a few listeners from Australia, and I would like them to have the power to, you know, um, cool themselves, you know, heat their food, warm their house, that kind of thing. That would be uh, a, a great thing for them. So hopefully this problem gets solved within the next year or so. One second, I'm going to take a drink. Okay, let's talk about Tesla Semi. This next story is from Fred Lambert. Tesla Semi prototype, it was seen on the side of the road in, in Missouri, and to the average passerby, it appeared to be broken down. And this gave Tesla haters reason to rejoice and make merry, and they took to Twitter, and they said some 
fair things about a Tesla Semi, and they said some very terrible things about Tesla Semi that I just don't even understand. One person used completely inappropriate language, but the gist of it is that he suggested that the truck had a broken hose clamp. I don't even understand why that's funny, because it likely doesn't have a hose clamp, because it's an electric motor. Um, and I didn't get the sense that this guy was, <laughs> since he called it a pile, a pile of S, um, I don't think that he got the sense that he liked the truck. So I don't know why um, he would make that assumption. But according to Tesla, the truck wasn't actually broke down. They were stopped on the side to do some tests and make some adjustments. Um, again, this is a prototype. So if it was broken down, who cares? Because it's a prototype. Things break until you fix them. Like you can't, you're never going to hit it out of the, the you're never going to ma- hit a home run like everything breaks. I, Apple's been making iPhones for a long time. Samsung's been making phones for a long time and they still have issues with their products. So this is why you test. And if it broke down, who cares? Um, although it does seem weird that they would move over onto the side of the road, a busy road uh, for that, and then uh, make some adjustments. It seems like maybe you'd pull off the road to make the adjustments, but who knows? Maybe it's a safety thing. Or maybe it was really broken down. Next up, Inside EV's Mark Kane. Tesla has improved the Model S and Model X production at Fremont. Um, and then the main improvement is they reduced the amount of man hours or labor hours needed to assemble each car. And they've reduced it considerably. Tesla can now produce 100,000 Model S and Xs a year using a two-shift cycle instead of the three-shift cycle they previously used. Um, Hooray, that's awesome. Uh, Now get to building the Model 3. Next story is from Fred Lambert, and let's talk about the Model 3. Tesla confirmed that they shut down the Model 3 line for four days at the Fremont factory and the Gigafactory. Tesla updated the line to improve automation and to remove remove bottlenecks to boost production. Uh, Elon said something about this at the last um, investors call. Um, he mentioned that the Tesla Grumman, uh, they had built some new lines to speed up Model 3 production, particularly in the Gigafactory. Um, I don't know if that's this, but we'll kind of see what happens based on this week's numbers. They haven't quite hit uh, their stride because they're supposed to be up to 2500 a week by now. One second, take a drink. Okay, Green Car reports. Um, some Tesla and former Tesla. Oh my gosh. One second, please. <coughs> some Tesla and some current and former Tesla employees told CNBC that the defect ratio for parts in the Model 3 is surprisingly high. According to uh, sources, Tesla has to, sh- uh, they had to ship flawed parts to remanufacturing facilities to be fixed rather than scrap the faulty parts. A Tesla engineer states that up to 40% of the parts made in the Fremont factory were defective, making it difficult for Tesla to reach its goals. Tesla denied reports and they have suggested that the employees were confusing remanufacturing with rework. Um, it's, it's hard to build things. Uh, and it's hard to tell where the truth lies. It's probably it's well, not probably it's it's somewhere in the middle, um, but that would help explain away why Tesla's having such a hard time getting the Model Threes out. Um, Inside EVs, Neil Blanchard through a over-the-air test, uh, over-the-air update, which I can't get in my car. Tesla has enabled the heated seats in the rear for the Model Three. So if you have a Model Three. You can now warm your buns in the back seat. Hooray. I think that's really cool, actually. I don't mean to be sarcastic. Uh, put away the keyboard here. Um, next one, Simon Alvarez from Tesserati. Auto dimming high beams. They're coming to the Model 3 through an over-the-air update. Again, something I can't get in my car, uh, according to Elon. Sometime in the near future, but uh, no timeline as to when for sure. 
Uh, next story is Fred Lambert. He is increasing, uh, Tesla is increasing the cost of the supercharger stations. They pledge that it'll never be a profit center, um, but they're using the extra income to build out additional superchargers. And while I do not, absolutely do not want to be paying as much as I am for gas for electricity when I finally get to own a Model 3 or a Model Y, um, I understand that you have to, like, it, it can't be, uh, it's got to sustain itself. And they have to build this out so that when my wife, uh, when we decide to buy one, I can say, hey, look, we can go wherever we want to go and we don't have to worry because we can't afford the $45,000 one, which really costs fifty seven. dollars uh, We can almost afford the $35,000 one. So um, it's kind of where we're at. So raise the prices as much as you need to, but not more than you need to. Thank you very much. Autoblog Sven Gustafsson. Hi, Sven. Tesla has filed a permit for an LA supercharger drive-in restaurant. Um, Elon tweeted about an old drive-in with roller skates and a rock restaurant. So um, whatever Elon tweets tends to happen and the proposed site is a former Volvo car lot in Santa Monica. So kind of funny. And I would eat there. Um, Actually, that's not true. I'd get an iced tea there. I I do not enjoy uh, eating fast food. But who knows? Maybe maybe they'll have some tasty vittles. Next story is from Autoblogs. Autoblog, which they're just talking about a Reuters article. Um, Elon tweeted about, uh, he tweeted President Trump, I think, about uh, unequal playing, the unequal playing field in China. If you don't know, China limits foreign ownership of Chinese ventures and imposes tariffs on those cars. So basically, if you want to have a business in China and you're foreign, you have to give China the country of China or the government, and I'm not 100% clear on this, or a Chinese business, 50% of your company. Um, there are some little pockets where you can actually build your vehicle, or in this case, a vehicle. Tesla can build its vehicle, but it still has to pay tariffs. So it's going to build a, a right-handed, uh, right steering wheel, steering wheel on the right side vehicle, and then um, they still have to pay a tariff to to sell it in uh, China. But it makes more sense because they can have a one uh, manufacturing facility that builds those uh, right-sided steering wheel cars. And then they can ship that to other countries in the region that drive on the right side of the road. And they don't have to, uh, it won't cost as much to ship, but they will have to pay the tariff. Um, and I don't, there's a whole, that's a whole complicated thing. And I don't understand how that whole, that all that plays out, but that's how I understand it. Um, I think this is our final story, which is good because we've been talking for a while here. Um, electric, but this isn't Fred Lambert, it's Jameson Dow, Dow, who is also great over there. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor, he told Politico, Uh, which is a really good site if you want to go read some stuff about politics in the United States, that he wants to sue the oils. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to sue the auto industry oil. Excuse me. I'm going to take a drink and I'll start reading this article over again. One second. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger told Politico that he wants to sue the oil industry for first-degree murder. He's talked to several private law firms on the matter, and he claims uh, that the oil industry knew about climate and health damage caused by oil products since 1959. He compared the oil industry to the tobacco industry, um, and this is his argument. I don't think there's any difference, says Schwarzenegger. If you walk into a room and you uh, know you're going to kill someone, it's first degree murder. Murder. I think it's the same thing with oil companies. Uh, shaking my head a little bit. 
Schwarzenegger wants gasoline to be labeled as dangerous to your health, kind of like the cigarettes packs are in the United States. I um I see where he's going, but comparing this to uh, the tobacco industry that that that's kind of a far stretch. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with this whole premise, but tobacco is tobacco and oil is oil. Um, and in the tobacco in the in the in in the instance of tobacco, uh, the people who are culpable in this were pe- uh, were the tobacco companies, the people that sold tobacco, and the people that used tobacco. Um, and you can even go into the people that advertise tobacco and transported tobacco or whatever. We're going pretty deep, but in the oil comp in the oil instance, um, we all use oil. Even if you have an electric car, you use oil on, on some level. If you have something that's made out of plastic, for instance. So it's kind of hard not to be culpable in this whole oil industry makes stuff and that stuff gets turned into other things that we use or we put it in our vehicles to consume uh as fuel so that we can go places so it's kind of it's a little different um it's a lot different i think so um yeah i know and i that now don't get me wrong because i'm really looking forward to us moving to a world where we're off fossil fuels um but we're all kind of responsible um I'm lost where I'm at here. I, ha- I have a bunch of notes on this. <laughs> yeah, so I have two ice cars. Um, when it comes into the life, the end of their life, I will replace them with EVs. Um, but charging the oil industry with first degree murder, murder really doesn't work because you're suing. Okay, if you're suing an industry for damages for unsafe practices and covering up information that benefits the industry and has a negative effect on the environment and people, that makes sense. But you don't sue an industry for first-degree murder. You sue a person for first-degree murder. So it doesn't... uh, None of that makes sense. I mean, I know he's probably just talking to talk. um, And he, you know, he seems to be passionate about what he's saying, but if you want to do something, that, that's not the right way to do it. And I would imagine that not a lot of lawyers have taken that him up on that case. Um, I, don't, I just don't know how you're going to sue an industry as a whole for murder. Um, but anyway, um, I'm with you in spirit, Arnold. And, you know, let's not pretend. Uh, in order to get an EV, or an electric vehicle... Um, much of the battery is rare earth materials. Um, you know, there's a lot of metal that goes into the car, into the electric motor, into this, into that. So, um, the overall, um, EVs are, I think, better than ICE cars, but we have a long way to go before we stop, um, pulling all of those rare minerals or rare rare metals out of the earth so that we can uh, get from one place to another. And hopefully someday that'll all be done synthetically and it will have minimal impact on the, the environment and minimal, minimal impact on people. But as for now, um, we're, we're just taking natural resources, whether that's oil or whether that's cobalt or lithium, and we're putting it into... Um, an ice car, we're putting it into an EV car. And EV cars are fashionable, so those are good and, and clean energy, uh, whereas the ice cars aren't. However, there's still an environmental impact with an EV car, and let's not lose sight of that. Because uh, I want to be fair, I also want fossil fuels to, for the most part, mm, dry up. And having said that, I'm from Alaska, and most of my family and friends work in some way around the oil industry, so I certainly do not want to see them out of jobs um, and left destitute. And I think this is going to be a long time to transition away from fossil fuels and get those other those folks that are working in fossil fuels moved into other industries um, to help uh, not leave them destitute because that would be a terrible thing. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. And... Uh, Hopefully, I didn't ramble too much there. I'm going to take a real quick drink because um, my, th- my voice is going here. One second.
No, no, that was a cough. No, I'm going to take a quick drink. Okay, so if you want to email me and because uh, you, I said something you disagree with or you just have something to add, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. That's B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at 918digital. If you want to be the first person in the world to call and leave a message, call 918-401-0071, and I'll put your message on the show if you would like. I do have a website, but at this moment, um, I have plans. I just don't have time to implement plans. Uh, So yeah, Um, leave a review where you get your favorite podcast, because that really helps out the show. It improves our rankings and more people download the show. By the way, uh, welcome all of the new people to the show. We have quite a few new people, and I appreciate you coming and listening. And finally, if you would like uh, to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and uh, sign up and uh, support the show. I'm not looking to get rich. I'm only looking to uh, cover the cost of the show and maybe some fun things. Last year, I went to Monterey and interviewed the folks from Lucid Motors. Um, And I'm hoping to do more of that stuff this year. Um, So if you don't mind and you have a few shekels to throw around, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and pledge. And that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And, uh, you know, barring I, if, if I have a voice, uh, the next show should be out by Friday. So thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>